to the ninth in a series of podcasts where Decibel members interview participants in the Two Minutes from Home project, which sees 20 new works commissioned in 2020. Today, we're speaking to Marina Rosenfeld. Hello, Marina. Hi, Kat. Nice to be here. Can you tell us a little bit about your piece, A Martial Exercise in Togetherness, which is a text score? Well, sure. Um... I have actually been writing quite a bit lately because I'm preparing a bunch of releases and things and some publications. And um, so thinking about, you know, writing my ideas out in, in the domain of language is sort of a place I've been anyway right now, especially under the conditions we're in where we're not doing a lot of performances or anything like that. And my response so it, it not to say that i feel more comfortable like dealing with language than other materials but more like i've been um called i've i've forced myself to try to articulate something like a prevailing ethos around some of the ideas that are a- active in my work lately so um the way that the score creator sets up the conditions for music making, um, kind of pressed some of my buttons, <laughs> or it, it pushed me right into kind of a set of, um, I would say, sort of oppositional positions to some of the premises that are embedded in it. So the best way to approach it for me was to try to figure out what those were. Um, so that the text score started from just me writing my way through like, what do I, what is going on here that um, I find so interesting. And so uh, I could maybe just say sort of bothersome in a way. Yeah. Tell us a bit more about that and um, your experience of working with the score player with that in mind. I think, you know, you can begin, I mean, you guys are great and it's of course generous of you to, um, you know, leave this, the, the assignment, as it were, um, totally open and to invite such a diverse 
group of people to respond to it. Um, I think for me, like the, I think one of the lines in my text is a sneaky elision of orality and visualization. And that's like something that I've thought about a lot. How is it that um, visual information or sort of the temporary production of images as part of thinking and cognition and interpretation and so on. Um, how do, how does, how does um, what happens in that mode um, differ in a profound way from what responding musically or responding orally produces? And I, I've, I'm suspicious of a kind of one-to-one correlation that like, you know, you see a shape getting denser and that is a kind of easy uh, way of saying the music gets denser or that um, a line um, goes up and you know we we have we use lines and shapes in standard western notation so some of that is just baked into how we read um, symbols but I'm interested in a wider field of like what visualization or something like that, how that operates in the field of music. So actually some of the work that I've been working on outside of this assignment um, has been to play around with three-dimensional or two-dimensional representations of shapes and space as kind of momentary, let's call them psychoacoustic phenomena or sort of imaginative phenomena where, where at a certain level of attentiveness to how sounds operate in sound fields, in, in bounded spaces, in 3D spaces, um, there's this kind of sculptural visual production. Um, so the idea of like the flattening and kind of computational flatness of the score follower for me is very, uh, it's on the kind of other side of this fork in the road that I've taken. <laughs> Um, it relates to, I guess I tried to sort of say like, for me, it also relates to this other domain where we kind of grid out all of our kind of what, what Ashil and Bembe calls like the, the turning, um, like into like the intellect or like thought into information to turning things into data so that they can be harvested by bots essentially or this kind of like platform ownership concept that we all live with where like a couple of massive data collection companies um treat us like uh sources of their own economic activity so i was just trying to open up speculatively that a uh, descent space from what apps have kind of insidiously produced for many of us as part of our, this kind of like daily self-regulation around collecting our data and and kind of um, bounding it in this really radical way where I'm trying to use music to think about um, a more unbounded or, you know, like even like the idea of linear time um, of course, we all live with the beginning and end of a piece <laughs> when we do a performance. Um, but I'm more interested in speculating about kind of um, bringing 
an interest in time travel or circularity or like the when I say ghosts in the piece I'm thinking about like traces of past events or the history of materials or the history of things or like excluded narratives or things like that into the possibility of what's unfolding during linear time. And what about working within the two-minute framework? I mean, how, how was that for you? <laughs> I mean, that I kind of like. You know, I think you can do a lot in a short time. So um, that I don't – the two-minute framework it seems quite interesting to me. It probably is really interesting for your audience because they can dip into so many different styles of approach to the same prompt in a way. It's interesting that everybody responded differently to that two-minute um, parameter. I also wanted to ask you a bit about the importance of community during this time and um, what it's been like for you uh, during lockdown. I mean, the situation in New York, obviously, was pretty full-on early on. How have you found this time as an artist and a composer? Well, I mean, just like everybody, it's been... a sort of a roller coaster in terms of morale you know like there have been um, certain gains to the cessation of a lot of our uh, lives that are organized around events and socializing at them you know like without live concerts and films and events and dinners and things like that um, there's been a certain serene continuity in the studio and in family life, one might say. Um, but I think that it has been really difficult. And this, you know, was it was really welcome to take this on um, and send some kind of communication out there into the ether. <laughs> like, this is what I'm thinking about. Um, but I also tried to say, like, I'm skeptical of, um, you know, like I found that wonderful, I'm reading Andrea Dworkin right now, like, you know, that's also a missive from my, my personal reading. I'm reading this edited volume of Joanna Faitman's called Last Days at Hot Slit. Um, it's really stunning. And um, it's like collected writings. And the concrete, in a way, um, for Dworkin is like, a kind of signifier of brutality but for me it's also a way of kind of it's we, there's a concrete element to, like where everyone's in their bunker right now and I think that the kind of music making that I'm interested in is social and is about co-presence and resonance in social spaces, musical spaces. So um, there's a kind of conundrum about the atomization of the process here. And, you know, it's like you want to do it and try to offer something of what you think you customarily are hoping to offer musicians in a kind of generous way. And then at the same time, it's like I can't ask you to do um, some of the things I would normally be asking you to do. So I need to, I guess I felt like I need to produce um, at least a thought space 
a space for thinking about some of these problems where it's not going to permit um, any sort of normal response. <laughs> that, and I don't want to normalize this thing that we're in. I don't think that we need to. It's not doesn't feel very um, productive to do that. We've had a lot of family time, <laughs> as one does at the moment. Um, there are some benefits to that. There have been some fun movie nights and stuff, cooking and so on. But I think you know the other thing that's happened in the in the U.S. Um, in the last months is the explosion of the. Black Lives Matter movement, predicated, of course, on a horrendous tragedy, which is the murder of George Floyd. But coming out of that has been, um, you know, when we all started to um, attend some of these protests very tentatively, and then it was like, no, we have to do this. It was such a relief to be back in New York, the New York that, that New York is supposed to be, which is a place of like really intense people energy you know we live here for a reason I guess we otherwise you could live somewhere else that would be easier to live there so that has been actually pretty exciting and possibly transformative so maybe that's been the greatest sort of I don't know if it's you know like what the connection really, why one happened in the pandemic and the Black Lives Matter movement happening kind of around the same time, whether that's a coincidence or not, but it, that has been the most important kind of social space in a way, because it's been, it, it might actually change this country for the better, finally. <laughs> we have to be optimistic about that, I think. Yeah, and that movement had a really big impact in Australia as well um, since the situation for Indigenous Australians is so difficult here. Um, it's interesting these two things have happened together. What do you think about the future? Are people planning? What's the situation in New York at the moment? Are you looking forward to opening up an event? Are they starting again already? Uh, there is a certain amount of planning going on now for like outdoor events in the fall and so on. I think people have realized that that's going to be necessary. Um, some organizations that I'm involved in um, as an advisor or something like that have definitely have programs underway pl planning around that eventuality. And I'm actually, you know, so I think Everyone is um, assuming eventually there's going to be a way to do what we do. Um, there's been a tremendous amount of economic insecurity for people, um, for a lot of my students. Uh, so it's been tough. These are tough times for us here. We don't have a functioning government. And you may have kind of intellectually known that and watched with frustration and rage as various things have unfolded over the last three years, but with the breakdown in any kind of coherent public health messaging or planning for testing or anything like that in the country, you just, now we know what it really feels like to have a malevolent fool at the helm of the ship, you know? 
<laughs> so uh, with a, a cabinet of complete goons. So it's kind of scary. People are focused on that probably more than when the next concert is and what we can do to try to turn things around. If there's anything left to try to do, that's probably a number one. Well, we all look forward to going back to live performance and thank you so much for being part of our podcast series and taking on the commission, Marina. Thanks so much, Kat. Thanks for having me. And um, I can't wait to see what you guys do. (laughs) Two Minutes From Home is a project initiated by the Decibel New Music Ensemble. It sees 22-minute online compositions commissioned for 2020. Each of these pieces engages with the Decibel Score Player, an iPad application that facilitates the network reading of graphic notation. Each commission results in an audiovisual outcome that can be found on our website, decibelnewmusic.com or vimeo.com forward slash decibelnewmusic. This project has been generously supported by the Australia Council for the Arts. <laughs>